Welcome back to Raisin Brand, the podcast where we talk about creative, marketing, and how the two come together to form brands. Today, I get the privilege of sitting here with Sean Diddy, the original Sean Diddy, to <laughs> talk a little bit about marketing and where she sees things going in the future. So uh, real quick, Sean, could you give a quick introduction to who you are and what you've uh, done with your career? Well, as you could hear by the female laugh that popped up, um, Zach, as you were trying to talk, I am not P. Diddy. I am She Diddy. Um, uh, so and it's actually my real name. So before the other guy decided to change his name to that, uh, mine is Sean Diddy. I grew up in Iowa. I was actually Miss Iowa USA in 1997. Um, and I went on to do commercials and acting. And one day I was called into an audition for a product called the Misty Mate. And it was going on a network called QVC, which I had never heard of. This was in I guess 2000, and the rest is kind of history. I've been a host on um, almost all the major na- TV shopping networks, and I've represented thousands of products, um, brought in millions of dollars, and learned hundreds of lessons, most of them the hard way. So here I am, uh, and I'm also I've got a master's degree in mass communications and journalism, worked in marketing for. 25 years now, and I'm getting my PhD in management um, with the spin on marketing and how that all plays into how we manage people and how we manage brands. So needless to say, you've uh, you've been busy and <laughs> you've done a lot of stuff in your career and you've seen a lot of different marketing styles and tactics used. I have. Um, you know, I was, so I sold cars once I've had almost every sales job you can think of. I've done, I've sold siding on the telephone. Um, in my undergrad years, I ran a karaoke and DJ company. I've done business to business cold calls. So in those training years in the nineties, and I don't know if anybody listening to this is old enough to remember it, but you might have somebody in your company who was, kind of quote unquote brainwashed like I was because we were in that hard sell call to action, hear the, you know, negate the objection, come back, don't let them leave the room without closing the sale. And that's gone. Um, You know, 2020 is an anomaly in and of itself, but this has been coming for five years where we now attract, we don't promote you know, social media, video, so many things have changed marketing and sales. But over the years, the biggest change I've seen is, you know, we've gone from, from, ooh, shark tank, sharks are cool, and, you know, grind and work and push to this whole new world of the internet allows that customer to, they know, they can look up the specs. Like they've done more research probably than we have. So now it comes down to who are they going to make that purchase from and do they trust you and will they trust you long-term and tell, tell their friends? So that's, you know, in, in 25 years, I think we've gone from push to just sit nicely and let it come to you. What, what's one of, so all those different jobs that you've had, there's been some sort of sales and marketing, sales or marketing involved in it. What's one of the biggest lessons that you've learned over all those years? Um, I still continue to learn the lesson of keeping your head out of the game or get out of your head. I think um, desperation pops in sometimes, especially when either you have a quota to meet or, um, 
you know, maybe you're a people pleaser, maybe you own your own business and you're trying to feed the other people on your, your payroll and your sale is very important to you. That energy, people can read it. Um, and, and, you know, they always say nobody wants to get on a sinking ship. So we want to be authentic, um, but we also want to be positive. And I think the biggest lesson I've learned is when I come across as, oh my gosh, you just have to get this, and it's about me, it never works. So I think the biggest lesson is we're there to serve other people. It's about them. And, and again, find a place with yourself. Um, learn to know yourself well enough to go into your presentations or go into your situations as best you can, no matter what's going on, um, from a peaceful place. And, and I know you're shaking your head going easier said than done. I hear you, but I'm telling you there is scientific evidence and I'm getting a PhD <laughs> in those that read hundreds of studies that prove that it does work. If you come from a place of peace, um, in, internal peace and not panic and not desperation, people are going to trust you and they're going to buy what you have to sell or they're going to you know, sign up for your, your product or your service. So that idea of coming from internal peace, it reminds me of something just recently that I was talking with someone about, and that is that if you if you do the right things for the right reasons, you have consequences to deal with, right? And it's that same idea in marketing is if you're putting out marketing materials for the right reasons in a way that benefits not only yourself and your company, but also the audience that you're trying to speak to, there, good things happen with that, right? Right. And and it may not happen that next day. And I think that's the other lesson. And um, Zach, you and I have talked about this. I, I think thinking the long game, especially now with what's been going on with the pandemic, um, sometimes the results or the fruits of your actions might not come for years. I mean, I, I was just mentioning I had a, a breakfast meeting in 2002 where I submitted an idea to, at that time, a network president. And um, she's moved on, but she still has contacts. And now, you know, years later, 18 years later, almost 19, part of that concept's coming true. And one of the producers I worked with actually is in a level of power now. Like it's, it, it, the long game is what we're playing, as scary as that is sometimes. Just hang in there. Absolutely. We we try to preach that to everyone that we work with because it's it's so important to remember that while, yes, the short-term sales and the short-term game pays the bills, the long-term game is what's going to keep your business in business. And sometimes that's really hard, especially for small businesses to think about and, and put into perspective. But it's super important to to realize that when you're looking at your marketing strategy. I agree. And I, we all have had that person where we bought something from them and said, I am never, ever doing business with this person again. I mean, think of, think about it. I mean, we all have done it. And, and that person may have been having a bad day. Maybe it's just how they are. But they got their short-term sale. But we probably went and, you know, that whole story about telling 10 of your friends, probably told at least a couple how bad the interaction was. So sometimes... Is it better to let somebody walk away and tell, to have them tell 10 of their friends, wow, I didn't actually make the purchase, but I love these people. And, you know, when it's time, I'll go back. 
And I, I think, again, I, I feel the, I can feel the fear, <laughs> you know, as a small business owner myself. And, you know, I was a single mom with no backup income in our household. So I know what it's like to be down to your last dollar and have to make a sale. And I have pushed those sales through and those people haven't come back. And I've also had those sales where I've, I've, you know, built a relationship and it's become a long-term relationship and brought me more. So I hope I'm making my point of, I get how scary it is sometimes to not look at the short game. And sometimes you have to, you know, sometimes if that is what you absolutely have to do, okay. But just, I hope in your business strategy and in your brand building strategy, this is about a value system and attracting and the long game, not short-term and promoting. Right. So 2020 has been, like you said, a challenge in itself, right? As we kind of move into next year, and I kind of look at the year as, yes, it's challenging, but it's just a different situation. It's a different, uh, just a different year in general. Next year is always going to be different. Everyone's setting their own goals. And usually in January is when people start looking at their marketing plans for the full year. What is, uh, what are some of the things that you would encourage people to think about as they put those plans together? Yeah, I think the best part of 2020 is we've had to sit down by ourselves, um, whether it's, you know, you as your team, you as your company. So I think step one, and I always say, be real, I think figure out who you are and, and write it down. Like, who are you? What are your values? And, and make sure your whole team knows that. Because I think that's one of those things. If we keep going back to, oh, this is my core value. I'll tell you, me personally, when I'm, I always do an end of the year kind of, you know, reevaluation. And then I write down six things for the upcoming year. And the top of my list is freedom, <laughs> which he, he, you know, I have a daughter. <laughs> How free can I possibly be? But, uh, but if you go back to, so for me, whenever I make a decision, sometimes freedom means, okay, yes, I need to make X amount of money. Sometimes freedom means I need to turn down that gig because it's a weekend when I'm going to spend with my daughter. And and I know we don't always have the freedom to make those kinds of decisions, but if you have that value system set out at the beginning of the year in your marketing strategy, we are real. This is who we are. So that if somebody pitches you an ad, for instance, and it's you doing something that would be absolutely against your company standpoint, I can't, I'm the company culture and the- recycling and you're, you know, you're in an ad where you're absolutely not recycling. You've made that decision at the beginning of the year. You know what? This isn't who we are. And, and so I think that's the thing, be real. And I think in 2021, and we're already seeing it, is start to work a little humor into just the entire company culture because we're going to need it. I don't think this is going to end real quickly. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but, uh, and then the other thing that I, I'm seeing is uh, we all know technology is stepping in. And video is where it is. You know, we have a matter of seconds now to get people's attention. Um, but find an expert if you're not, and and this is not a plug just for Pixel Labs. I'm just saying, I see it all the time that people will just panic and say, we're not tech savvy. We're not going to do it. I get it. Find somebody who is. 
Because the truth is, that's where it's going. And I've talked to so many people who don't have a website right now. And or don't have, you know, it's just, and I could go on and on, but I get that it's scary. Um, or the people that don't believe that social media can help them. Right. You know, there are study after study after study. And, and sometimes that's because it's scary to you, the person who's saying, I don't want to do social media. I get it. You can do it under the business name and you can absolutely get someone else to do it for you. So I guess that's my thing is what can you what can you resource out? And is it, if it's a budget issue, can you find a college kid? I mean, seriously, you can do this. And, but technology is where it is. So just, we have to be there. You know, my other thought is, you know, be current because we know that's, that's the whole deal. And I also think social awareness is, this has been going on again for almost 10 years, where if you connect a a charity or a charitable giving piece to a, a retail piece that sells better, that people will even pay more if they know they're doing something for the better good. So just know that that's, that's not going away. And I think there's going to be more of that in 2021 because people just want to make the world a little better. I, I agree. And I, that kind of brings up a point. I, I want to get your opinion on something. This last year there's been, and I don't want to make this like super political or anything like that, but this last year, there's been a lot of different um, things that have happened in the world where uh, brands have had to make the decision of whether they wanted to speak out about them or if they wanted to stay quiet. What are your opinions on brands, uh, on, on what brands should think about when they are making decisions like that? Well, as a corporate spokesperson, um, that has been a big deal for me, honestly, for 20 years. And obviously this year, really big. Um, and I think that comes down to your beginning of the year talk for 2021 and why I said, be real, be authentic and figure out who you are. Um, for Gillette, like let's look at Gillette. They stood up um, against toxic masculinity and it worked beautifully for them. They made a big statement. It was a risk for them, it worked. Um, for me, I will tell you personally, I have toned myself down a tidbit in 2020 because I do have vendors that I represent on camera and their views are not the same as mine. Now, it doesn't mean I don't step up from time to time, but on my business page, I'm conscious of what I say. I'm a small enough business that it would impact me to the point where it would could shut me down. Um, so I, I guess my, to put that in a nutshell is understand the risk. Is it important enough to you to take the risk? If you can handle it, I, I by all means, I, I'm, there's an activist inside of me. So I, if you could use your business to make a wonderful change, go for it. But I do see that, yeah, you know, people, people choose to spend their money. But I also have seen that the ones that stop spending their money someplace, they're usually back. <laughs> well, they're usually back or they're a customer that you don't necessarily want to work with. Exactly. And I think that that has been, um, you know, a lot of us are, are changing our Facebook friends, changing our, right. you know, we're it, 2020 has been a, it, it's been a cleansing year. And um, yeah, I, I think 
Zach, you just hit the nail on the head. Did you want that check anyway? And how does that, right. you know, when you said it, it kind of made me go, ooh, and want to take a shower. Because it's <laughs> Well, I mean, it goes back to what you said earlier about having that discussion at the beginning of the year just to define who you are as a company. And that doesn't just mean what you do internally or who, what type of culture you have, but it also means defining who you want to work with and who is your ideal customer. Because that ideal customer, if you guys don't see eye to eye on a lot of uh, topics, it may not be a pleasant experience for anyone. And the whole point of doing business, especially people that start their own businesses, is to enjoy what you do. And if every day you're going into work, knowing that you're going to work with someone that you're going to butt heads with every day, it doesn't make it very enjoyable. So letting that potential client go because they may see differently than you, I don't think is a bad thing. I think you're right. And if you believe in the universe or God or whoever runs this show, a lot of times they'll say when one door closes, another one opens. And I've seen it with a lot of people. You let one client go and a better one comes in if you do it for the right reasons. Um, Absolutely. So you made a really good statement. And it's and it's kind of a reminder to me, I think, as I'm um, closing my year books and I'm behind again, I, I'm telling you, if you own your own business... <laughs> Zach, how many years have we had this conversation? 10? And I'm yep. now, yep, still finishing up my book work. It's November. I'm almost <laughs> reconciled. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I've been looking at um, money I felt good about and, and things I haven't felt great about. And, and you make a really good point. And I, I think the other thing that um, I've realized now that I'm 107 years old is <laughs> there are a lot of shiny, sparkly people out there. And I feel like sometimes it's like high school. I've met, let's just say vendors and they sell this great package. And I'm like, Ooh, I want to be like them. They have the boat, they have the nice house. And then I get into it and I realize that they've given me inaccurate information. And I feel like part of my mission in this second half of my life is to just say, ask questions. I had someone right. that I consult with yesterday say, well, they're the experts. I probably should let them handle it. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. Just because they say they're an expert does not mean that they can handle this situation better than you can. You know, get three estimates, check with people. I think that is the saddest thing I've learned at this point in my career, but the most important thing that I want to teach, and I'm about to just blatantly say it, people lie. Right. And I'm not going to be one of those in, in their In their own self-interest. Yes. And, and sometimes, sometimes just out of fear. I mean, I don't want to say it's because they're not nice people. I think a lot of times it's because they're afraid or they've been trained to do whatever it takes to get the sale. Right. Um, but I, I just, I had a salesperson trying to get me to give my routing number and account number over the phone yesterday. And I almost did it like it's, and I'm old and I know better, but it's just, it's that thing. I, I think so many of us want to please people and we want to do the right thing. And anyway, I just, once you know who you are and you are real, and that is in your brand statement, then you can be, I think, a little more aware of when things feel a little slippery and exit yourself from that situation. Absolutely. Now, I want to shift gears just a little bit. Um, you, you, at the very beginning of the episode, you made a comment of 
with the internet, everyone can do research. Everyone can learn anything they need to learn about you as a brand, but also as product or from products, right? Um, with the internet and it basically commoditizing everything, what's left after that? Yeah, I don't know. You know, it's, um, I think that we're seeing micro influencers become more important than the big mega influencers because they've gotten really expensive. Um, I have a, a friend of a friend who bought a house off of in a house in Los Angeles off of TikTok. They made enough money off of TikTok in the last year to buy a house. Um, That's crazy. It's just amazing. Um, and she's a professional dancer. And I, just so you know, they are wonderful, amazing people. They give back to the world. Like they deserve all good things. So it makes me feel so good. But I was really jealous for about two minutes. Um, right. And I think that's the thing. You know, we, we have to be realistic about what things look like on the internet and what they really are. Um, and I, I have... So let's just look at TV shopping, which is an industry that, you know, it's it's changing. Who knows? It may go away. But they've really gone to the guest experts with the products are in their own homes. And they're talking about the product in their own home. And even our talk shows now, you know, when they do the cooking segments, I happen to be a Hallmark Channel junkie. I watch them all the time. Um, but they have the person at home and then they have the person in the studio and I'm doing a segment with Jeff or Jeff with Jim Napolitano, who is a chef in Memphis and I'm going to cook in my Iowa kitchen and he's going to cook in his kitchen. So when you ask me what's coming next, I think just reiterations of the internet. And I think we might do TV again, just because we look at how everyone's loving Netflix. And, but I, I think the answer is community community has to come back into this, whether it's we all start watching things together live and comment or something, but there's, there's some community element that I think is going to be coming for the next step. And that's something very important for brands to remember is that if they're going to market their product or service, they need to remember that there's 12 other people in the neighborhood that offer the same thing. And developing a community around their brand is what's going to make them be remembered and stick out amongst the rest of them. Yeah, it's going to be the same way it is with, you know, five stores on Main Street. Um, you go to your friend Sam's store and then you tell your buddy, hey, go to Sam's store. It's no different than being on the Internet and you watch Sam's video and you love it and you share it with four of your friends and you ask them to go to Sam's store. So... That's it's as we're almost doing the brick and mortar. Again, I fall back on that old story we used to hear in sales. You know, you do a good sale, they'll go tell 10 of their friends. Bad situation, they'll tell 10 of their friends. So just, yeah, remember that you are building a community. And um, and unfortunately, you can't really erase a lot of this stuff. So, yes, be real. Have fun. Be humorous. Um, but remember, it, it it's up there on the internet. It's going to last. Right. It, like what you just said, that analogy or that example, I've actually heard it different. You you do one good sale, do one good experience, they'll go tell one person. You do a bad one, and they'll tell 10. 
that's probably closer to true. I mean, <laughs> like us as human beings, you know, we, if someone gives us a compliment psychologically, we go, oh, good, thank you. If someone uh, critiques us, that sticks. Mm-hmm. Um, and 100%. I think the other thing is be resilient. You know, now that we're online, there are people who pick just to pick. I, And after, it's so funny, I do webinars um, for a university and sometimes the other night somebody just kept pop different people, but are they live? Are they live? And I said like four times, we're live. And the poor girl who was um, assisting me is like, Oh my gosh, what do we do to tell them that we're live? And I'm like, nothing. They're just messing around. They want someone to comment to them. Like this is how lonely <laughs> we've gotten is they're going to ask if we're live. So finally I would say like, yes, John, we're live. Yes, Ben, we're live. <laughs> and they loved it. They just wanted interaction. Um, and I think, so part of that, and I, I think being live, me being live on TV for 20 years, I figured out there's always going to be the person who doesn't like your hair. You're always going to remind somebody of their ex-wife's cousin, sister that they hated. Um, but there are going to be another 30 people who just love what you're doing because you're providing something that they need and also because you're their friend you're their go-to so just stick with it you know there might be a little little troll and that might be the other thing too is you need to decide at the beginning are you going to leave your negative comments up or are you going to take them down what i have an opinion on it um my my opinion is that you leave them up and you respond um unless you can tell that they're completely just trolling or just trying to start something. But if they have a negative review or a negative uh, experience with your business, the worst thing you can do is delete them. Amen. I think that I think you need to respond to them. You need to show that you care about their poor experience. And you need to show that you're dedicated to making their experience better if they were to give you another chance. Because then it shows future clients, future customers that you do care in that poor experiences like that are hopefully isolated. Yes. And then they tell you too, because you can't fix a problem that they don't tell you about. So yes, I mean, this is the best. I'm so glad that you said that. And I I think that comes back to being real. And I, I had a a client once that had a bad experience and sent me this personal um, Facebook message and I responded to her and I, I told the backstory of she didn't realize that, you know, sometimes we as hosts, I, I didn't even know who was in the warehouse. Like I, so I did contact the warehouse and she ended up a very loyal customer. Um, but thank goodness she reached out and, and you're right. You can't please everybody, but you sure can make a good effort to do what's right. And that comes back to authenticity and just doing the right thing. So yes, I, I agree leave them up there. And, and if it is a, an inappropriate comment, like you said, take it down. But I have <laughs> one of my friends, Brooke Lee was Miss Universe 1997. She's from Hawaii. She's fantastic. Um, and <laughs> her comment is always, well, it's just how their mama raised them. Not how my mama raised me. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Uh, so as we start to wrap up this episode, um, we've kind of touched on a lot of different things. And I think we've focused on a couple very important things when it comes to developing your brand. But if you could leave businesses and entrepreneurs one piece of advice for building their brand as they move forward, what would that major piece of advice be? 
You know, Zach, you always say with Pixel Labs that your brand is what your audience says about you when you're not listening or when you don't know. And I think my biggest piece of advice is remember the long game. Be authentic. Sit down with yourself, with your team. Know who your brand is. And even on the hard days, stick to it. And you'll be rewarded in the long game. And then I I would love to hear from you like the stories of, oh my gosh, yeah, I had a conversation and 10 years later, the person showed up with a big account. It happens all the time. So just be authentic, trust the long game. And I know this is long-winded advice, but try to find some way in this crazy 2020-ness to to get yourself to a peaceful spot. Um, You know me, I'm always going to plug transcendental meditation or meditation, whatever you can find, whether it's yoga, go for a walk, ride in your car, listen to the radio, but whatever you have to do to center yourself so that when you come out, you come out as your best self, that's going to serve your brand. Absolutely. Um, To wrap this up, can you tell me a little bit about how people can connect with you or any projects that you're currently working on? Sure. Um, I always love to partner with Pixel Labs, so you can always find me um, (laughs) through Pixel Labs. Um, We're partnering on uh, local finds right now. Uh, You can find my business at shedidbrands.com, so like she did it. Uh, brands.com. Um, e- email me info at she did at brands, but frankly, always glad to be a partner with Pixel Labs. You guys do great work. Um, you stand for doing the right thing. So that's always a good way to get a hold of me. And I'm always happy to be a part of anything you all do. Well, thank you very much. That means a lot, especially coming from you who's been in the industry for so long. Since Zach was just a teeny weeny little college student. I, I remember our first, well, one of our first interactions after, uh, afterwards, after I left. Yeah, you had graduated. My first job. Yes. Uh, but oh, that, that's a story for another time, I suppose. Yes, we'll have more stories. <laughs> Thanks for having me on. But yeah, not a problem. Uh, so yeah, thank you all for listening. I hope that you took uh, some valuable information, uh, valuable tips from Sean today. What she has to say comes from years of experience. And it's not just uh, blowing smoke. It's it's tried and true. Uh, it's tested methods of building your brand. And I really hope that you can take some of this advice as you move into 2021 and develop your brand strategy. So if you don't already, uh, follow us on any podcast platform that you listen to podcasts. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. That way you get notified every Tuesday of the new episodes that go live. So uh, that's all I have for you today. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you so much, Sean, for taking the time.